I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to Where To Go. I'm James Atkinson, Brand Manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Danielle Watt, Project Editor at DKI Witness. And a huge uh, Where To Go welcome to Danielle, who you might have heard on our previous summer episode a couple of weeks ago. Uh, So Danielle is joining us as our guest host today. And part of the reason for that, as well as Danielle being a brilliant editor at DKI Witness, she also has recently moved up to Edinburgh. Is that right? That is right, James. That is that is very true. I mean, I say I say that I know I know the answer. But you were also you were also from Edinburgh originally. Uh, yes, yes, I'm originally from Edinburgh, and then I moved uh, to London about five years ago. Spent a good five mm-hmm. years, you know, living in London, working in London, had a great time. Um, but you know, I think I think it happens to a lot of people from Edinburgh, really. But felt the pool of the city and and decided, what better time to move than during a global pandemic? Um, <laughs> probably not the most logical decision of my life. But um, yeah, I'm now living I'm now living back in Edinburgh and just really patiently waiting for life to go back to normal. And I guess uh, this episode might uh, might be of particular interest to you as well because we've got a brilliant guest on today who we'll introduce in a second. But um, but I guess you haven't really you've probably only just got round to sort of exploring Edinburgh again afresh, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah. I, obviously, I know it really well, and I you know this is where mm. I you know I grew up, and um, this is like my old stomping ground. But you know things you know five years things change a lot, and yeah. since moving up. Obviously, restaurants been closed, bars been closed. You can't, you know, you can't go out and enjoy the city in the same way. So, I'm super, super keen to hear from Dana and and get all her recommendations on where to go and what to do and um, the kind of local things that are happening and what's going on in the city because, you know, we're poised on on reopening and and it's exciting. Yeah, crossed, very exciting. I mean, fingers fingers crossed, <laughs> <laughs> huge fingers crossed. This could but, be a um, famous last words situation, but hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully not. And hopefully uh, everything is, is kind of looking back on track in Edinburgh. And that actually brings us on to today's guest, who's actually a food and drink expert and uh, journalist, Dana McAlpine. Uh, so welcome, Dana. Welcome, Dana. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. 
how are you doing? Good, thank you. Are you ready for an Edinburgh enlightenment of all <laughs> of all things Edinburgh? It's definitely an Edinburgh <laughs> overload for James today. <laughs> He's ready. As we normally start things off on the podcast, we'll hear from Dana what the city is normally like outside of the context of the pandemic. Um, And then we'll briefly discuss the impact of COVID on the city uh, before finishing off on a more hopeful note about uh, future travel to Edinburgh. And and, and just for context, we're recording this in mid-July 2021, at a time when Scotland and the UK have been largely successful in rolling out the COVID-19 vaccine, but the country is still seeing a sharp rise in cases. Right, Dana, let's chuck you right in. Um, <laughs> so your mates are coming to stay, mm-hmm. in, to stay in Edinburgh for the weekend. Um, they've never been to the city. What okay. is on your absolute must-do, can't-leave-without list? Okay, this sounds very cliché. I know, well, this <laughs> no is... Pressure. No, but you know what? When you're a food and drink writer in Edinburgh and a lifestyle writer in Edinburgh, I don't just get asked this on a daily basis from my friends. I get asked this on, like, a friends of friends. Like my my, you should see the state <laughs> yeah, of my. You should honestly, I should be a holiday planner at this point. If you saw the state of my DMs, it is just a flood of people being like, "Hi, Dana, I don't know you, but could you give me some guidance?" So, so if you were coming, so if you were coming to Edinburgh, if one of the first things, especially if it's good weather, I think one of the best things you can do is go up Arthur's Seat and get right to the top of Arthur's Seat. For context, Arthur's Seat is the gigantic extinct volcano right in the centre of like Edinburgh and Hollywood Park. And it has the most amazing view of the whole capital that you can see. And it really makes you just realise the sort of mashup of Edinburgh as well, because Edinburgh is split into the new town and the old town. And you can really see that divide between the two of it, where you can look to your left um, and see all this beautiful historic building and then look to the right and you can see these like amazing cobbled streets but also the huge clash of cultures with the banana flats and Leith which are this ancient tower block and it just gives you this amazing idea of the scape of you know the sort of whole scope of Edinburgh and what it actually is and then I would take you straight back down Arthur's seat <laughs> safely <laughs> Safely, which it takes a bit, it's like a good... And it's, it's not too much of a hike either, is it? It's not, no, it's like, a, it's, I'd say like if you're doing it like the right, the right way, there's like everyone in, everyone in Edinburgh has an opinion on the route you should take up Arthur's seat for the best view and like what you should do with it. And you have to tour, like sort of tour, tourist dodge the whole way up as well, because it is like one of the best places mm-hmm. to go in Edinburgh that's like a sort of non-commercial thing to do. Um, from there, I think you have to explore the old town and new town separately. It's not like other cities where you're like, bang, let's go to the city centre and let's go to Shoreditch or let's, you know, in the case of London. And Edinburgh is a network of mini neighbourhoods and each thing, each one brings a completely different thing. So you have to base it on what your friends are about. You know, are they shoppers? In that case, let's go to the grass market and go to Westport and go to the old independence. Are you really food heavy in which case you're probably my best mate because that's going to be great news for me let's go you know let's go into the new town and go to all the little eateries that are popping up these days or let's head down Leith which is really neighborhoodly and go to go to the shore and you know go to all these little local pubs and restaurants and maybe go out to Portobello which is our nearest sort of big beach and hang out there for a bit I am a very anti-tourist tourist in the if I if, when I lived in London, I never wanted to go on the London Eye. Like I want to see things from a local's perspective of what they would take me to do. So that's what I always say to my friends. Like, sure, if you want to go to Edinburgh Dungeons, great. I'll meet you afterwards. <laughs> 
but that's not where I'm <laughs> yeah, going to take you. Yeah. I'm going to take you to my favourite neighbourhoods and take you to these amazing little shops and little galleries and do Arthur's Seat, which is the one thing I totally will include in the very touristy stuff to do in Edinburgh. Definitely, yeah. It's it's not, yeah, that's what people want as well, isn't it? When they when they go to a new place, like it, having a local person show you around is just like, it's just priceless, isn't it? You get to see so much more than you would if you just rocked up. And It's a totally different way of viewing it. Like anyone can, you know, read, like, read an article of like the 10 best places to go but unless it's written by a local and someone from the city, it's usually like you're not getting the real word of mouth experience. We, you know, locals in Edinburgh know when stuff's happening. <laughs> we can yeah, tell 100%. you the newest openings and what the yeah. what the public opinion is of it, as opposed to like... Oh yeah, they'll definitely, you know, they all have an opinion on it as well. Very strong opinions up here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Dana, now you've kind of now we're familiar with the city um what are some of the kind of lesser known parts or some of its best kept secrets obviously if you're willing to share with us oh i'm gonna be absolutely killed by everyone in edinburgh if anyone hears this but they've, told, <laughs> they've told them everything they've told them everything we'll try we'll try and keep them keep it quiet. <laughs> you know just us and uh, and our listeners <laughs> so like i was saying before again edinburgh is this interconnected city of little mini neighbourhoods. I'm not talking like, mm-hmm. again, I'm using London as an example, but it's not like when you go to London, you've got Borough, which is like humongous. Like, it's just like a couple of streets teamed together, which give you that area. So yeah, I am very biased because I live there, but I think Leith is um, Edinburgh's worst kept, but worst kept secret in terms of yeah. locals, because you won't often find a lot of tourists in Leith. But when you see your friends or you're looking for somewhere to go or you're looking to have like a day out, a lot of people in the capital will flock to this neighbourhood in the north of Edinburgh, which is like against the coast. And the variety of things you can do here is just amazing. You know, you've got so many incredible local businesses. That's one thing about Leith that I'm just so passionate about is the fact that you're not walking past tons of like chain high streets. Like they're chain high street stores it's just tons of tiny businesses and everyone knows each other and there is such a community feel of leith like if you are in leith you are a leither and like it's it's such a beautiful community and mixed it's just it's absolutely brilliant so i think that is probably the best kept secret of edinburgh that you could easily spend a day in this neighborhood and go to the beach go for a walk along a canal you know, see, go to um, a museum, go to, there's so many little miniature art galleries here, go for dinner, go for lunch, and then go to the pub and go to several, if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, re- that's really cool, because Leaf is like kind of um, uh, historically kind of almost a, a regenerated bit of Edinburgh as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite an interesting, it's quite a re- interesting generation as well, in that, you know, Leith is very, well, it's, it's the home of train spotting. Yes. You know, it's yeah, the home yeah, yeah. of train spotting. Yeah. And for years it had this con- these connotations um, that it was the rough part of the city. And in fact, it's never been the rough part mm. of the city. It's just not as, like, marketed as well or, like, yeah. promoted out there as much. You cannot find a stronger sense of community. You go to a pub and you ask, the you know the barman where should you go for a drink next and it's not well you should be having a pint here or another one it's like oh our mates run that one down the road and they'll be like oh if you're gonna go for food go over there or are you going to this oh do that over there like it's a it's a complete group think of a neighborhood 
And it's just funny that, you know, people are saying that it's being regenerated, but actually the community are so involved in it Mm. that, you know, when buildings try and get shut down and regenerated into something maybe a bit more commercial, they stop it. (laughs) The power of Leith stops Mm. it and opposes it. Yeah, it's a really powerful community, isn't it? Until it's forced. Like, these are the people who go on planning permissions and, you know, will comment in their hundreds Mm. and then Mm. be like, no, this is not what you're doing to our neighbourhood. This is how, you know, we're going to keep Leith alive and this is what we're going to do with it. If you look at the, for anyone listening, if you look at the Save Leith Walk campaign, that'll give you a massive idea of just how brilliant this area of Edinburgh is. So it's less of a regeneration and more the people have cottoned on to that kind of community and the the sort of spirit. Yeah, there, definitely. Uh, cool. And when a new business opens, it, it, it isn't met with that like um, traditional, oh no, not, you know, that's a competitor, a competitor yeah, has moved yeah, in. Yeah. You know, a new pizza shop opens and the other Italian's like, hey, welcome for coming to Leith. How is it? How are you enjoying it? If you need anything, give me a shout. It's just such a different... And that expands into the whole of Edinburgh's hospitality scene, to be honest. But I think on a local level, you really feel it in Leith. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with you on that, Dina. Yeah. If you're actually in Leith, like, um, uh, where, where, you know, where are one or two of your favourite sort of like secret spots as well? Okay, so... Oh, is this too much detail? Is this a... No, no, this, this is fine. This is fine. I'm being, I'm in a very okay. generous mood today. So you've caught me. <laughs> you've caught me at the right time. Um... My, anyone who's listening to this who knows me will be cracking themselves up when I say this, but my local is Nauticus, where you will find me consistently because, you know, again, it's that community. I know the owners, I know the staff, all of our friends from other venues, most of my friends work in hospitality. We all gather at Nauticus. Nauticus is the sister bar of um, Panda and Sons and Hoot the Redeemer, which are two really famous cocktail bars in the city centre. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who's been to Edinburgh has probably been to one of those two bars. But this is actually the community pub in Leith that is the sister bar of this. And you will always find me there. But also you'll also find everyone <laughs> who works in hospitality who live in Leith there as well. So it's, it's a great That's place cool. to go and have a pint of tenants, but also an incredibly well-crafted cocktail. Usually best enjoyed with one in each hand, I must admit. <laughs> best so of both I'd, worlds. That's yeah, I'd go there. And also one of my other favourite businesses would have to be the Mother Superior, which is, literally takes its name from train spotting. Mm-hmm. which is a whiskey bar that's newly opened on Leith Walk, which is headed up by Jane Nolan, who is a female heavyweight in whiskey. Like, it's a brilliant place to go to get a whiskey education, which I think, again, cool. is something so different for this neighbourhood that people immediately sometimes have these weird connotations of. Like, you can go and be educated on drams in this amazing bar that's just been revamped, and it's not a fuss. You can tell them yeah. what you like, and that you can, even if you aren't a whiskey drinker, they will help you find something that might be a good gateway for you. It's where I take a lot of, like, my non-Scottish friends... If like mm. we're coming, if they're down visiting me here in Leith, we'll go into the city centre, obviously, and go over to the old town and visit all these different areas. But if we're just wanting to hang about near where I am, it's such an interesting experience to go and do. That's really cool. Uh, so we've kind of like done drinking now. We know we know exactly if anyone wants to track you down, they can find you in those two spots. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what about what about food? Uh, are there any like? particular kind of obviously there's many many restaurants you can recommend in particular but but give us one or two maybe in the whole of edinburgh in the whole of edinburgh okay so this mm, tough choices so with sorry well this is the thing again it's that whole neighborhood like if i was going to you know gorgay i'd say 
you know, let's go to let's go to La Casa, or if we were going, you know, down here in Leith, I'd be like, let's go to Little Chart Room. So it really, it again, it's one of those things that depends. But if you said to me, okay, you're taking us on a night out, which maybe who yeah. knows, one day I will. Maybe you'll get to come yeah, visit. Yeah, Edinburgh. yeah, yeah. But yeah, if yeah. I was taking you on a night out, if I was taking you for dinner, I would straight away go to either Noto, which um, is headed up by Stuart Ralston, who was on Great British Menu really recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also another Great British Menu contestant, uh, Roberta Hall, who has Little Chart Room on Leith Walk. The food is just so seasonal and fresh and amazing and just beautifully prepared. Cool. And then Fior, which is on Broughton Street, which is all about tasting menus and foraging and, again, local produce, and it has a real Scottish feel to it. So those are probably the three places I'd maybe take you for food. Really cool. So both both are kind of almost secrets in a way. If we were doing more of a if we were doing more of a daytime more of a daytime getaway and something different just to um just to chill out a little bit basically and have a bit more of a relaxed day. I personally which is something we do many like we've done many weekends within my friendship group, is walk from Edinburgh to Portobello, which is just the most beautiful walk. So Portobello yeah. is our local coastal it's kind of part of Edinburgh part of not someone's going to absolutely message me after this podcast and be like how dare you because it imply we're a separate entity but Portobello is on the cusp of Edinburgh and it's a really beautiful walk to go out there and then a lot of businesses in Edinburgh have also moved you know to um stands on the promenade Mm. as well Mm. so you can go down there and get my my dream my dream morning if you I was to wake up with a cracking hangover which I've never done before obviously never I would no none of us have never this is a responsible place <laughs> you're always there in a professional capacity right <laughs> so, obviously yeah yeah but of I would course, get yeah. up I would walk down to Portobello Beach and it's it's just beautiful I would get a, I'd run straight into the sea and do wild swimming you literally can't move for wild swimmers on Portobello Beach at the best of times and then Chiverinos which is a I mean, a heavyweight in Edinburgh's restaurant scene. Chirinos make are all about pizzas and good times. They're open from early in the morning and they serve breakfast pizzas. And we're talking like they have black pudding and fried eggs and all sorts on them. So a, straight in the sea, a strong coffee, maybe a Bloody Mary with it, and a big fat slice of like this breakfast pizza would be my a complete way to spend the day. And then from there, go and explore Portobello. Portobello has become so up and coming in terms of all the businesses that are there. There's so many amazing things you can go and do in Portobello now. So that would be like my dream hangover day to be like near the sea, lots of little places to browse, but not too much pressure. But we can like chill on the beach if we want to or pick up a bit of breakfast pizza and just blow the cobwebs away. That sounds dreamy. Well, I was, I was saying to Danielle before we did this episode that um, that I can never remember names of places that I've actually been to in Edinburgh because usually they're pubs. Um, but actually, um, uh, <laughs> I did go to Portobello with a friend. Guys, who... I think we're going to need a, a drink responsibly. I know, um, yeah. I think I really... this podcast. <laughs> no, no, to drink responsibly, listener. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, Portobello uh, uh, is absolutely stunning. I went with my friend who who used to live there. And um, and yeah, I remember we got sort of stuck in another pub called the Dalrida, which um, has loads of um, amazing beers and is just kind of it's a mixture of kind of trad and modern. It's kind of as you said, like big like old boys and kind Mishmash. of new communities yeah. and, and people coming in from the city as well. 
Um, and well, that's the thing with yeah. Portobello. They've got, you know, they've got these amazing, like, they've got an amazing beer shop now. They've got their very own pasta shop in the form of Amelia, who are, like, famous yeah. in Edinburgh for their local pasta. But they've got their very own store now in Portobello. You know, and if you're, if you're feeling a bit fancy, which we have done, again, even with a hangover a few times, <laughs> is Little Chart Room that I mentioned earlier have got their own um, stand on the prom. It's quite literally called the Little Chart Room on the prom. And, you know, you can get a lobster roll and a glass of Prosecco and sit and look, you know, in front of the sea and just be like, oh, this is a dream. As if I'm near Edinburgh. It feels like I'm out, you know way way out of town that's it it feels like it's miles away from the city and yeah it's not really it's not um I'm quite no su- it's not at all but you know with not being able to travel it really gives you you know costa del portobello vibes yeah. as if you're <laughs> exactly you're away <laughs> i love that costa del porti <laughs> i'm imagining it's pretty uh pretty hot out there at the minute as well so uh surely today would be a perfect day for you to head down there and have a lobster roll and a prosecco oh that was that was my sunday that was my sunday oh, nice, like nice. i said that's my that's my favorite thing to do on a day where you just don't want to be in amongst the rush of it all I'm, I'm glad we're not keeping you from it then. That's, uh, that's good to <laughs> Cool. Well, um, uh, with that like kind of intro to Edinburgh, uh, we'll go on next to discuss a little bit about how the past year has been. Interested in planning a trip to Scotland? Get close to your next adventure with our DKI Witness or Top 10 Guides. Find them in all good bookshops or via the link in our episode bio. So we're now going to touch a little bit on uh, life in Edinburgh during the pandemic. Uh, so so Dana, I, I kind of want to start with one of the big things that people talk about with Edinburgh is obviously the fringe and events and kind of live music and nightlife and so on, as we've kind of talked about in that first section. Uh, and I guess, you know, a lot of these things have been closed, cancelled and so on in, in this past year. What kind of impact has that had on the on the residents of the city? It's obviously, well, I mean, I think like for everywhere, it's just been massive, especially in our, well, for Edinburgh, especially our tourism industry, we're mm. the capital of Scotland, you know, it's it was such a strange thing during the pandemic when you were able to go out on a walk, walk up the Royal Mile to the castle and see no one. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is like one of the rarest things ever. It was almost so discombobulating because the Royal Mile, especially if anyone listening has ever been to the Fringe is the main hub of the fringe. Like you can't walk more than like 10 feet without being handed a flyer for a mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. So to then see your city, which buzzes with energy, to be so quiet was just so shocking almost. But then there's been such an, a, mass, a massive response. There's been such a massive response from especially the hospitality industry in terms of persevering and adapting to get around these things, Mm -hmm. which I'm just so in awe of constantly. So our nightclubs are not allowed to open even at level zero in Edinburgh. We can't go out. There is still no dancing or anything. So a lot of nightclubs in Edinburgh, I think, are almost like the best representation of how Edinburgh's attitude has been in that Sneaky Pete's one of our most famous sweatbox, live music, amazing DJs, nightclub has pivoted into a late night bar that sells pizza so that they can get their way through the pandemic fantastic you can sit the dance floor in sneaky pete's famously had to be redone because people danced so hard the cobbles underneath (laughs) the building started coming through the dance floor 100 (laughs) percent true so to sit and have dinner and like a pint 
on that dance floor in a booth is so mad. But then you look at it and you go, well, this totally sums up how people are getting through this. They're adapting and overcoming however we can. And obviously mm. it's been, there has been tragedies along the way. We've lost some really amazing businesses as well. But even the aftermath of that represents Edinburgh. So during the pandemic, Henderson's, which if you ask a person in Edinburgh, what veggie vegan restaurant would you recommend? The word, it's instantly Henderson's. Yeah. There is no, it has been, my mum used to go to it when she was a teen, her mum went, it has been around for ages. And when it shut down because of the pandemic, it was like a city-wide shock. It was like, surely not, and we can't possibly do this. And I mean, you know, we lost many other amazing businesses along the way. Mm -hmm. But here we are now in July and stuff's reopening. And the grandson of the family who ran Henderson's has come out and said, actually, I'm going to open it again. And I've been trying to get it reopened and it's going to come back and it's going to be slightly different and it's going to be in a different area of town to you're used to, but we can't lose this. Cool. And again, I think that's so representative of Edinburgh and how it's coped through the pandemic that on one hand, it's been so shocking and terrifying, but you've got this ultimate energy of people trying to overcome it and support each other as well. I think that kind of, mm -hmm. it, it, it shows a true sort of food and drink cultured city in a way when when people really fight and they're you know they're they're sad to lose lose a restaurant like that and 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 want it to come back and can support it coming back and i know well. and i know i'm doing it i know i'm obviously talking about this from like a food and drink element but it's not just within the industry i mean people were actively speaking out as in locals mm. you know you're sitting at home okay you know you think to yourself okay i'm saving tons of money because i'm not, not out on the lash every night like i usually am but you'd go on twitter and instagram and social you know any social media and people were actively encouraging each other to support local yeah like okay so you're not going out well make sure you don't just go oh i'll save that money like support your favorite takeaway support your cocktail bar that you go to normally that's now doing takeaway drinks support your restaurant that's now doing at-home dining kits like let's keep edinburgh going because we've lost that yeah. massive drive of tourism it's now our responsibility to keep mm. it going this is our city and so the city's almost kind of reclaimed a little bit it is something that um that like the locals have taken to really happily as well like it's not you know they really want to support these places and they really want to make sure that they stay for them as well and you know it's not just the businesses doing it like you say dana um we just had to adapt to this new, this new kind of way of this new normal, I suppose, is what everyone keeps saying. Um, but can I touch on, you mentioned, obviously, the tourist kind of influx, especially in the summer, isn't, you know, it didn't happen last year. Um, but a rise in staycations, obviously, was a huge thing in the UK. Um, did you notice a difference, you know, during that summer where, you know, and now, I suppose, as well, of people from the UK staycationing in Edinburgh. And is it starting to get busy again? Like, what are your what are your thoughts on that, Dana? Massively. It was such a it was such a novelty in August last well, for if you're an Edinburgh local, mm. you spend half your time when the fringe is on going, Oh my god, there's so many people out there. <laughs> but on the other side of it, you live off the buzz of it. That the city is electric yeah. for those. 30 days that the fringe runs it, the whole city buzzes with energy and although there's a bit longer wait for your bar or you're having to like queue for stuff or the streets feel really busy or you're constantly giving directions there is something very electric about it so mm. it was almost 
weird in August last year where all the voices you're hearing are just English, Welsh and Scottish accents. You know, this is the, this is like the international festival yeah. where you'd meet friends and like you'd finish the festival following like 40 people you'd met randomly from all over the world over those 30 days that you've gotten chatting to. And although there was running jokes between Edinburgh locals of like, oh, we'll finally get some peace in August... It also suddenly just <laughs> felt heart-wrenching. Yeah. And although it was great getting to enjoy what's on your doorstep, and again, like I was saying before, you've really reclaimed Edinburgh, like this is our city and this is what we're going to do with it. It was so odd just having these slow trickles of tourism. And you almost felt a bit scared of tourists being there as well, because, you know, stuff did change so much yeah, with COVID that... that it was almost strange going up Arthur's seat and see it and like hearing people who weren't from Edinburgh and you're kind of going, oh, that's really weird. Especially when for a long time we didn't even have inter-council area travel. Yeah, yeah. Which meant that it was literally like, only someone from Edinburgh who was able to go up there, I guess. Yeah. So talk about having to like put the emphasis on the people who are already there because tourism had been decimated for a city that thrives on tourism. Yeah, because I guess I, I was thinking just then from what you said, like that the Fringe Festival is, you know, whereas it's about, you know, theatre and comedy and stuff, it's also just a celebration of the city, right? It's an excuse for everyone around the world to come to Edinburgh. And that's Completely. a huge hole for all of those local businesses, but also, you know, for the city feeling empty, I guess. And, and that's and it's not just the Fringe for us either. That's the thing. Like, it's a common misconception. It's not just the Fringe that mm. brings in a lot of tourism for us. Christmas and December yeah, in general yeah. also generates a huge surge of business for Edinburgh. We, again, not to the extent of the Fringe, obviously, which is an international, quite literally global event, but in Christmas, at Christmas time, we get a lot more like UK staycations mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, a lot of people will come up or down from the Highlands in that case to like be in Edinburgh for the Christmas markets, for the shopping, but also like the atmosphere. And yep. because we were locked down last Christmas and there was, you know, we had, you know, how many people are you allowed to see on Christmas Day and it's 24 hours. Again, something just felt so sad walking through the city centre and all the stuff that you've seen every single year since you like can basically remember. If you live in Scotland, you're spending your, you know, that's like a classic like Sunday out, day out with the families. Let's go to the Christmas markets or go ice skating or do something or just walk about and feel the energy of like Christmas and in uh, Edinburgh that was gone yeah. and again if you, you felt almost like you just were like oh well, okay there's no tourism <laughs> that's it there's nothing it's, and has like have things it's kind mad, of started started to come back now have um uh you know I think I know I know there's still still a variant around and still things ongoing and stuff but is it has it started to recover in some ways it has in some ways it hasn't hmm. because there's definitely still not that international push of people coming. Yeah. And there's also a hesitance when you do realise that someone's there. Yeah. And, and like an almost like you get, it's, you don't want, it's a weird thing when you don't want tourism. It's a very strange thing to be in a city that runs on tourism and be worried about tourism because you're worried about COVID. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's an unfortunate. Obviously all you want is for, we want things to go back to normal. And especially in the city, you can see everyone flocking out to like have a really good time. 
I don't think Edinburgh will fully get its buzz back completely well until we're able to have all the visitors we've always been able to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Until yeah, until you need that mixed on you. It's 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 such a it, like you say, Dana. It's such an international place, and I think it feeds off that energy. And and so many people from so many different parts of the world bring their own stamp on the city. And I think that that it really feels lacking when you don't have that. It and does. also we need to be able to dance, you know, like we need to yeah, be able to yeah. dance to mean like we can't just stand in a room and not dance. Yeah, oh, you, can't just, so you can't just give up at one o'clock or whatever. No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, yeah. I know. But it's also, it's also important to remember that Edinburgh has a massive like international student population as well. And a lot of people are now remote learning. Yeah. So that other part of like Edinburgh's rich international culture has also vanished. Mm. And it just mm-hmm. shows like how important it is for us to have, you know, this mix of tourism and international um, residents of Edinburgh. And now mm-hmm. it's just, I know, it's, I just, I'm so excited for when the Fringe is coming back. Well, you, this is being aired in August. Like the Fringe will be back in a, in a mild capacity. I'm saying yeah. mild capacity. I don't there's think there's anything. There's not going to be loads of shows. There's not, nothing mild about the Fringe though, really. I'm sure even no, like no, in a, really. a paled down <laughs> version, it'll still be pretty, pretty busy. But a lot, they're not expecting the same volume of tourists. And I just, what I'm really holding out for is that first fringe. Yeah. When we can really have a big global party in our capital city. Here's to that. Let's look forward to that for sure. Here's to that. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dana, so... As the city and, and the country is gradually unlocking and, and things are opening up, um, what might international travellers find has changed when they, you know, when they come back over and, and when tourism kind of starts up again? If they ask for a recommendation, they're only going to get offered a local business. <laughs> and if you ask That's us, if you ask us, uh, if you ask us directions to like a massive chain, we'll be like, oh. <laughs> That's nice, but can we interest you in X instead? <laughs> instead, I also think they'll be met with like a massive sense of enthusiasm more so than ever before because I feel like tourism enthusiasm has always been part of Scottish culture in that we're, we are ridiculously welcoming. We are stupidly welcoming. We're literally like, you know, always one step away from offering someone a cup of tea that you've met on the street. But again, there's like for the first time these trickles of excitement are coming back into the city and I think that's what people are going to notice the most you're not going to find you know barren streets 
of businesses that are boarded up and closed down. People have persevered their way through this. If you are coming to Edinburgh, just be the best you can to hospitality. If there are rules in place, follow it. If you can support local, follow it. If you're Mm. getting, you know, treats to take home or presents or whatever, shop local as well. Like, these are the places that really need it in Edinburgh. So if you're coming, come and support us as well. We want you here and the people who will be taking care of you, whether it's in a restaurant, shop, an experience, a tourist attraction, are all really excited to see you. So make sure that you make their lives easy as well. A lot of people have stormed back into hospitality and kind of forgotten their manners a little bit in terms of, you know, they want to have these big blowouts and party and do things. But you have to remember, yeah. like, as scared as you are about COVID, imagine working in these places where they get a lot of foot traffic. Like, help people as well and be kind. Yeah, I think that's such good advice, Dana. And it is so easily forgotten. I think you're so right in the hype of, oh my God, we're going out to a restaurant and oh my goodness, we're going to have beers inside. You kind of forget that, oh, the person that's working there is, you know, has been working throughout this whole thing. And it's just, yeah, you're totally right. We've all been hustling our way through this, you know, and you deserve, and like, for anyone coming to visit, like, please do, like, please come and do this, but don't waste your energy and time coming here and not getting to experience Edinburgh as it should. Follow, you know, tick off the tourist attractions, absolutely. But if you're going to do one thing that's a little bit off the beaten road, like maybe go to that local business that the person at your hotel told you about, or you listen to a podcast like this and I've named a couple of places, maybe have a little Google of it and see what you think of it and see if you can experience something a bit different, but something that's true to us here in Edinburgh. You know, I think there are several things that people can take away from the pandemic time. But I think that there's a theme that keeps on coming back with travel, which is traveling local and supporting local businesses as you go. And I think um, uh, certainly Edinburgh is one place, as you say, there's there's a tick list of stuff to do. There's the Royal Mile, there's there's Arthur's Seat, there's... Um, going up to the castle. Exactly, exactly. You know, going up to the castle and have it, going to Camera Obscura, which is like one of, another one of my exceptions on my like tourist list because it's hilarious. It's a massive big building of illusions. Um, but... I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like, but, but, you know, also add to that, like, kind of doing something local. Like, one of the things on your Edinburgh list might be having a having a dram and trying some whiskey, and and maybe go somewhere different, go to Leaf to do that rather than doing it somewhere around the yeah, Royal rather than like, sitting in the city centre. Or if you do go in the city centre, that that's one thing that's so rich about Edinburgh is that even its city centre isn't overly commercially owned. Yeah, like there is still a lot of businesses that you know the owners of, even in the city centre streets. Yeah. Because we've we're everywhere. Sorry, you just can't push out Edinburghers. We're we're everywhere. That's it. You know. Um, but, if, but I just think it's I just think it's being a con like you know a, a um, positive traveller in that if you're going somewhere, why would you go to the big massive chains that you could visit in your home city? Yeah. Like this is your opportunity to really exp- experience a new culture and attitudes and all these mad experiences that you can have here in Edinburgh so why not make the most of it and it's a win-win because as you say like you know you get to experience those aspects of culture but you also get to support the place that you're going to and enjoying like you're enjoying it and you're supporting them as well that's uh and completely and post and post pandemic or in pandemic or whatever weird gray area we are in right now there's nothing better you can do yeah. If you're going somewhere, then to then to follow that that easy ethos of 
well, let's just support local while we're here. Let's ask a local what we should be doing. That's a great mantra. Yeah, that's exactly, that's such a such a good attitude to kind of take. And we're recording this in July. And as we kind of mentioned, the, the Fringe is, is coming back in a lighter form before this goes out, really. Um, but, you know, with this is going out in August, can, if, if any of our listeners are there right now, uh, is there any top tips of, of things that are just starting to come back, new events and, and things that you're planning to do, particularly in, in, in August? Yeah, I think the best thing to do is hit hit the events that you know that are going ahead Hmm. in terms of, you know, Edinburgh um, food festivals are coming back, which is great. That's a huge, exciting thing for us. That's like the Edinburgh locals ultimate. Everyone gets really excited for like Edinburgh food festival, which is within that. The Edinburgh book festival is back and they are having sitting events in the park, which is going to be so exciting. Everything is going to be slightly different. But if you can go and see shows in Edinburgh during the festival as well, if there are still performances on. Something that's quite exciting about it for the first time ever, really, is that a lot of the shows are going to be UK companies. Yeah, yeah. Because the main thing about the Fringe is that you have all these shows from all over the world. And this year, weirdly, it's going to be a lot of UK business like companies that you might not actually have the time to see because of everything else and that's not being like british is best or anything like that not at all i'd absolutely miss that you know everything that's multicultural and exciting about the fringe and getting to see you know shows from all over the world but be aware of that that you're going to get to see like local edinburgh companies showing off and doing their thing which is i think also in a weird it's a, again it's that whole 50 50 catch 22 situation there's something sad but equally exciting about that so head down to bristol square and you know say um george street where all these main fringe hubs are get a brochure and see what's on and if you have the opportunity to go and see these things in person absolutely do we've been stuck on zoom calls and tuning into gin taste everything from gin tastings to like live streams and everything else of shows if you are in edinburgh go and see them in person mm. i will be <laughs> i will be that, completely that, that, i'm so i'm so excited looking at you danielle are you gonna as, as, as a <laughs> oh my god definitely yeah 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 i think it's so funny because i think the like Edinburgh Festival and and the Fringe, you know, like Dana, you touched on it earlier. Like Edinburgh folk love to hate on the festival, and they're like, "Oh, it's so busy." Absolutely, it's, it's basically life. a personality trait. It's basically a personality <laughs> yeah, trait. Like, if you're like they, from Edinburgh, honestly, like, yeah, everyone loves to hate on it, and people are so surprised when we say that. But no, it's true. Um, but I think this year, well, more than a year, I suppose. But it's it's shown how much locals actually really love it deep down. They're lying. They don't really yeah, hate it at absolutely. all. Like, really, like, yeah, absolutely. Look, guys, gloves are, gloves are off. I'll admit it. Like, I'm, I'm moody about the fringe normally. Like, I worked <laughs> yeah, in hospitality. Like, I worked in hospitality for years. And let me tell you what people forget. Oh, great. You can party till five in the morning, which our nightclub is shut at three. So we have an extended license. That's great. I'm glad that you got to party and get pissed until five in the morning. But I work in the bar, so I'll be cleaning up until 7am. And looks like I'm due back in for my next shift at 3pm. Great. So there's that bit about the fringe that you always held. Or you're like rushing to work and your route somehow goes through the Royal Mile and you're like pushing through quite literally oceans of people. That is a disaster. And the bagpipes, like constant bagpipes. But like actually all of that stuff aside, I think think that 
like there's such an, it brings such an energy and I think um it's so easy to take it for granted and and now we've had to do without it I just think no one is going to do that anymore I think the people that are going to be enjoying Edinburgh Festival the most this year it's going to be Edinburghers like we're going to be out there like reveling in it I think it's just yeah it's that classic you don't know what you've got till it's gone right it's absolutely you don't know what you've got until you till it's gone like I heard a soul bagpiper near the castle when I went for a walk the other day (laughs) and I was like oh my god isn't that so isn't that so beautiful whereas like two years ago I would have literally rolled my eyes and been like shut up I get it I'm Scottish okay I know like so it's been that that attitude shift so I'm excited. I'm excited for it to be back next month. And, well, if you're listening right now, you might be there yeah, living it right yeah. now and getting yeah. to do this. And if, if you are, not, then go, go and see your... Yeah. Yeah, if you're not, come. Like, please come. Come visit us. And and if you've if you've never been before, speaking as an outsider, as as someone who's never lived in Edinburgh, I've got friends who live in Edinburgh, but um, but I I've been to the festival a couple of times, and it is it is incredible. It's like uh, and you do get, I think Dana's sort of referred to it a little bit, but even in the city centre, you get that sense of community. You get how important the city is, and it's a it's a nice excuse to come up, celebrate the city, and maybe go and do a few different things, as Dana suggests as well. I think uh, there's nothing like it in the world, truly. I've I've lived in lots of different places, but there's nothing that quite matches that electricity and excitement of the Edinburgh Fringe. It's given me goosebumps. Like, I, uh, maybe maybe I want to come back <laughs> next month. Maybe I'll uh, definitely <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Well, I think James, come visit. Come visit. I'll do it. It was. It's just, <laughs> it's just a train ride, isn't it? So yeah, I'm sure I could I could do quite easily. Exactly. Well, Dana, I think that you've um, successfully convinced everyone on this podcast to. Well, James. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, here. yeah, you're already there. And Remember where you are. That's I, it. <laughs> I know. And um and probably all of our listeners as well, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Come so, to Edinburgh and come support local. Absolutely. Yeah, come see us. You know where I am. I'm sat in Nauticus with a pint of ten in Santa Martini. There you go. Well, th- thanks so much, Dana. That was uh, truly brilliant to sort of see, have an insight into your Edinburgh, have an insight into your life of the past year. And, you know, I'm absolutely sure we could have talked for like 24 hours about food recommendations as well. So (laughs) highly recommend all of our listeners to go and check out some of your work. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Once again, massive thank you to Dana. You can find her on at Dana McAlpine underscore on Twitter. And I would recommend following. She's a very entertaining follow. As we mentioned, there'll be many, many more recommendations that you'll be able to get from that. And that kind of brings us to the end of our second season. So we are going to be taking a a break for a couple of weeks, but uh, be rest assured we'll be back with more um, travel inspiration and, and places where to go in a few weeks time but uh but yeah in the meantime uh please tell your friends like subscribe uh review anything uh, anything you want to do if you if obviously if you've been liking the show if you haven't then no worries that's totally fine but uh that just leaves me to say a big thank you to danielle as well for being a guest host today thank you danielle oh you're so so welcome you're really welcome my pleasure as always and thank you to you listener we'll see you very very soon where to Go was produced by the team at TKI Witness, Julia Baker and Johnny Coddington at Bottle Rocket Recording. And this episode was presented by James Atkinson and Daniel Watt. For more information about DKI Witness, follow us on social media at DKI Witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. Edinburgh is just one of the hundred cities featured in DK's new book, Great Cities. 
telling the stories behind these inspirational and important places, the book delves into the social and cultural history of each, explaining how they've helped to shape the world we live in today. Pick up your copy in all good bookshops now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.